Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash gourmetgoesketo. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast, and if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am once again excited to have you with us as we dive into yet another dude's journey where... We're gonna we're gonna hear about some awesome stuff happening that he's done and that he is doing, and I'm just really excited we finally getting to connect with me today. I have Rob. Rob, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're it's it's morning for me and headed into the afternoon for you, so we won't take up your entire Saturday. So let let's get right into it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Uh, so for my entire life, not re- uh, as far back as I can remember, um, I've always struggled with my weight, um, heavier, but always pretty active, uh, reached probably 13, 14 years old, and it was just kept going up. And the doctors always told me that I was way too heavy for my height. And as I just got older, just tried doing different diets and um, everything and nothing really worked. Um, I looked into surgery when I was younger, but that kind of passed by. And back in 2019, no, I'm sorry, 2011 um, is really when I gained a bunch of my weight. I gained about 40 to 50 pounds, bringing me up to about 290. I realized years later that it's not healthy. It's not the way I want to live. Um, So I made the decision, got surgery, and... Now we're here, two and a half years later. So what was it like? Because I, I think one of the things, you know, a lot of people can relate to is that idea, you know, being heavier when we're younger and having the doctors say it's not good, but they don't necessarily, they never really seem to have an, an exact answer, you know, for what you should do. What were the different things that you tried? Like, was your was your family really involved with like, okay, we got to, you know, did they see you as a project or was it more, okay, he'll take care of this when he can take care of this? I think they thought the older I would get, the it would just come off and maybe it was just like baby fat um, or like kid fat. And then you just grow into um, whatever it's you're meant to be. Um, but I do remember the doctors telling me I was going to be projecting um, a height of like 5'10". And then they would say, like, you're going to be 218 pounds. And at that time, being that young, it sounded like a lot. But now at that point, looking back, it's like that's at the lower end of where it was. So I, like, far projected past that and, uh, yeah, and gained a bunch of weight. Um, my parents, my I have a brother and sister. Both of them, they don't really struggle with their weight. I mean, they have, like, that chunk to them it's not really like a an issue so i was the one that my parents kind of uh honed in on Um, my mom would bring me to like weight watchers and all that type of stuff and try and help me and substitute foods and help me 
with those processes, but uh, I don't think I was ready at that time to fully commit and make that change. So I guess it was really up to me. Um, but yeah, I guess you could say I probably was that that project child that they had to watch out for. And do you think for you thinking about it, like, did any of that impact what eventually happened, you know, that you eventually got to 290? Like, was there a part of you that kind of pushed back about, uh, you know, on any of those things that people were telling you? Or was it more just you were leading an active life and you liked food and it just seemed to like keep the scale just seemed to keep going up for you? Like, where do you think 290 came from? I mean, you cut out a little bit. What was that? So where, it. where do you think, so in terms of like thinking about, you know, going from being like a chunky kid to getting up to 290 pounds, like, do you think that came from, was there any conscious rebellion against, you know, the, the people telling you that you should change or was it more you were just active and you liked food and it just, the weight just seemed to keep coming on? Like, do you have any thoughts about how you ended up at 290 pounds? Yeah, um, I don't think it was rebellion, rebellious. Um, I wasn't rebellious against that. I knew that people were just trying to help me just because it obviously would have, which, which it did lead into a problem later on. Um, through therapy, so after I had the surgery, I went to therapy and I've kind of, I mean, it's things that you kind of know, but you actually realize hearing it from somebody else um, was that I probably still, I definitely suffer today from like anxiety. And a lot of the times food was um, that coping mechanism in order to feel good. Um, so even as a kid, like if my parents were fighting or if I was something in school or just anything in life, I mean, food was really like for most of us always there. Um, so it just made it easy to just binge on food and feel better for that three seconds of chewing and then it, it like they say it's like a moment in your a moment on your lips is a lifetime on your hips and it's true because it's i mean you're really eating yourself and it's not like small portions it was like gording myself and it was late at night and that's and and i think that's something that a lot of people even don't think about in the context of like we have a chemical reaction to food you know, especially the types of food that, you know, are, you know, whether it's in quantity or, you know, eating like a lot of that, that, that food that is not necessarily the best for us gives us a similar hit like drugs can do. Like, so you're getting a dopamine reaction, you're getting that serotonin release, you're getting all of those things that are brought in that moment. And it's not sustained. And obviously, like in a way that even um, is, is a healthy coping mechanism, but is, is an actual mechanism used. It definitely is. So let, let's, you, you said you thought, you know, had looked into surgery when you were younger. Like when did, when did the, uh, the prospect of actually having surgery become a reality? Like, okay, like you knew you were going to do this. Like what led up to that decision? Uh, so I looked into, I've, I've always looked at surgery as basically like a last resort. Um, I would literally try anything um, like the pills at the drugstores or, um, Weight Watchers or off-the-counter weight loss pills, which worked, but then again, you just gained that weight back, and it was not a sufficient lifestyle. Um, but probably in like 2007, but I was pretty young. Uh, my mom took me to the doc. I don't remember the year exactly, so that was just an estimate. But 
my mom took me to the doctor and I think that I don't, I think she was doing it for more of support. Like this is what it is. But I think that she wanted me to walk in and realize that I probably wasn't qualified for surgery at that time. And I think that she was just like trying to make me realize that. So it's always been in the back of my mind that surgery is an option. Um, but leading up to when I actually did do it, which was in 2019. So it was December 5th. I had the surgery. Um, at the time I was 26 years. No, I was 25 um, or 26. And I was still on my dad's insurance plan. So I was able to keep that up until that age. Um, so I realized that it was basically like a now or who knows when type of situation. So I wanted to take advantage of that. Um, I also knew that it was something, especially leading up into like 24, 25, um, even 22. Um, this is something that I needed because I felt that my weight just kept going up. And even if it went down, it was going up plus more. Um, and that just wasn't a life that I personally wanted to live. Um, so that's kind of what put me over the edge of actually contacting a surgeon and going in for the consultation and getting the ball rolling with the process. And what surgery did you have? I had VSG, so mm -hmm. vertical sleeve gastrectomy. And it, it's funny. I feel like I, a lot of times people try to say that I'm like the keto podcast when I have like a rash of, you know, a run of like keto guys on in a row. And I think you're probably the third guest in the past two or three weeks that I've talked to that uh, has had VSG. So now I feel like I'm going to like start to, I'm going to start to edge into like other people's territory and start to become the VSG podcast. <laughs> but what I think is great is like, I'm talking to guys that are coming from different places and using a similar tool, which is always fascinating. Like, I, I think it's really interesting. Like that idea that you, it wasn't for you just, you know, your weight had gotten to a point where you're like, I'm going to die tomorrow if I don't lose weight. It was more, I see this progression happening. I know where, you know, I see where this is going. I see where these efforts are leading me to lose and regain more and lose and regain more. And I need something that's going to, you know, be the tool for you that that's going to kind of put a stop to that, to, to actually allow you to make the, the lasting change that you want to make. Yeah, that's really what it was. I mean, my highest weight was 290, um, but... I, again, I saw my life just, it, it kept climbing and it kept going and it just wasn't in the position that I wanted it to be. And not that I needed to be skinny or like that using that word, I think healthy was more along the lines. Um, and it's crazy because I was talking to my dad about this, but there's something about the surgery that triggered my brain and like completely changed um, my relationship with food, not completely, but um, in a better way to better my own personal life. So what was that? What, what was, what do you think is that that change? Like take us into that a little bit. I think that's, that that's fascinating because one of the things that I, I firmly believe in is this link between the body and the mind and that there are, it's not two separate pieces like our thoughts and our relationships and all of those things. Like even our relationship with food isn't, always just about what's inside of our heads, you know, so knowing that surgery is a physical tool, you know, it's something physically that changes in your body and kind of puts you in this place where you have to make changes or you're going to make yourself sick. 
what do you think were the the real changes in you, in your head that the, this this drove? Mm-hmm. So pr- jumping back really quick, prior to three, like probably two to three years prior to surgery, I started making those small changes, um, just changing the milks like that I was drinking and changing the meat that I was eating. So I was making those small changes, but I knew that surgery is a a life altering tool. Again, I mean, it's not forever. You have the potential to gain the weight back. That's not, that's, it's not forever. It's not your at this weight forever. So I understand that. And that's, I think part of it as well is that I do understand that this isn't a hundred percent. You're going to be this size for the rest of your life. It's something that you have to use again as a tool um, in order to put yourself in a better position. Um, But as far as that, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what switched my mind was that, I mean, I'm putting myself under the knife to, um, and at first, and I'll be honest, the night before surgery, I had in and out burger and French fries. Um, but the next day I woke up and 24 hours later, I was drinking, I believe one ounce or two ounces of a protein shake that I couldn't even get down because I didn't understand the way my stomach worked. So any changes that I made after surgery are still really what I use up until today. Uh, as far as like taking vitamins, weighing out my food, every single portion and this, and I, right now I'm doing uh, prep for summer shredding, but, but I've always weighed my food for the past two and a half years. It's just a little bit more intense now. Um, but I've always weighed out everything that I eat um, waiting. So you, you have to wait 15 minutes. You have a drink and then you have to wait 15 minutes to eat. And then you have to wait 30 minutes after to start drinking again. So those are things that I've implemented from the start and that have continued. Um, but now it's at this point, two and a half years later, it really is just a way of life. Yeah, I would think that it would become, you know, at, at first it can seem strange, you know, some of the changes you have to make. But we're very adaptable, you know, human beings are very adaptable and especially seeing results because you, you've, you've had some solid results for over the past two and a half years. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been a crazy process to say the least, um, to watch your body first change so quickly. Um, but then I'm at the point right now, it's like, well, what's next? Um, so that's kind of why I, I'm doing this fitness competition show um, just to bring myself to another level of fitness and pushing myself mentally and both physically. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about that because you are, like you said, you, you're prepping for a summer running event. Like where, where is that? When is that? Tell us, tell us about it. So it's down in Houston, Texas. Um, and it is on October 30th. But I'm actually going down next week because they are doing one for June 20th, I believe the date is. Uh, So I'll be down there for that. But the show that I'm doing is in October. Uh, It's more work than I thought it was going to be. But again, that's just the switching and adapting to something new. So I'm kind of in like the beginning stages of that and learning. And I mean, usually like I'll go to the gym. I'll do like hit training. Um, but now I'm actually in the real gym weightlifting. Uh, so that's also another change and something to adapt to and something to learn because I mean, I could watch a video and do it and find the machine. 
Um, but a lot of the times I'm just worried about my form and making sure that I'm not hurting myself or overlifting or under. So it's a huge learning curve right now. Oh, I bet. Cause it's a different, it's not just about getting healthy and you know, the changes you want to make in your life and kind of making lifelong sustainable changes. Like this is, these are changes you're making with a targeted purpose. Right. You know, coming. And, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've had several friends do the shows, you know, and, and go through that experience. And it's, it's wild. And it's always wild to me for someone that has already kind of made a transformation, then to kind of push a little bit harder and see them kind of dig their heels in and be like, okay, no, I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through with this and I'm going to do this. Like, it's, it's obviously something that is exciting and challenging. And, you know, also it's, it's like showing yourself, like, is this something that I can do? Like, can I really make this happen? Like there, there's something powerful to that. Definitely. And those are the thoughts that go through my head. Um, and it's crazy. Cause I actually like posted a picture today and it's only been a week um, that I've been, well, not even a week. I started on Monday and today's Saturday. So it's been six days. Um, and already it, it looks like, I mean, there is a difference already. So um, and that's just obviously the food and now the different types of working out that I'm doing, which is, and it's a mental challenge as well. Um, just bringing yourself to do things that you're uncomfortable with, um, or kind of really the unknown. And what do you think, do you think the past two and a half years have kind of prepared you for that? Like, cause you already went into something that was, you knew what you were doing, but in a lot of ways was an unknown, like it was going to be a an actual kind of change put on you? Like, does this, do you think that's prepared you for what this, this next challenge is? In some aspects. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something I chose to do. It's something that I know it's just completely out of my, not my, I'm hundred percent in control, but, um, just something like that I'm not used to. So it's, I think that I get a high on like a new, like, switch up in life. Um, so like getting the surgery and then learning to adapt to that. And then you get to a point where it becomes life. Um, and then now you see like a fitness show. So putting myself through that and, or just moving or doing that, like I like starting and just seeing what I'm able to accomplish. Um, cause it's, it's rewarding to see what you can do in a short amount of time. Oh, for sure. And I, there's a few more things I want to talk about, obviously related to the the show and that event. But let's let's bring people up to speed. Like what's happened, you know, up to getting ready for this. Like where you you started at 290. Where where's your weight at now? Like how what are you what are you feeling about kind of how how all the results from from this process you've been through have been for you? So yeah, I've started at 290. Uh, right now I'm about 180, 182. It just depends on obviously the day. Um, working out just a huge part of my life. I was cleared by the doctors after six weeks to start working out. Um, once that happened, I was in the gym and those were types of classes. Like I was doing cycling classes. I was doing yoga, Pilates, like all that, just to start building my body up with my own, my own strength without using like any type of weight. Um, just trying to tighten my skin and do all that. Um, it's crazy what's happened over the past two and a half years, as far as that's concerned. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes, but 
yeah, I mean, I'm in the gym seven days a week. It's so it's crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and one of the things you're doing is you share, you know, what you're doing and your, your journey on Instagram. Yes. Uh, what's, what's your account? What's the name of your account? It is Rob underscore motivation. And I, I, I bring that up. Not, I, I have ulterior motives. Not just, <laughs> not just to shout out your page. Cause I do think people should go, you know, should go follow you. Of course. Um, Thank you. But I think there's, there's something there, you know, you've got motivation in your Instagram handle. So I wanted to talk a little bit about motivation. Like the, the first question, like I, that comes into my mind is like putting motivation out there in your Instagram handle. Like what, how does Rob define motivation? Like what does motivation mean to you? So the basis of that is I want to be, I think I want to be more of the person who can post on there and show that it is possible. Um, there's a difference between, I think, motivation and just actually doing things like you can follow accounts and you could see something with motivation. It'll give you the motivation, but taking action on that, um, is a different aspect of it. So I do like sharing my journey cause I, I do think it is a motivational journey and a motivational story to watch and to be engaged with. And there are so many other people out there as well. Um, just cause it's in my handle doesn't mean that like I'm the motivation. <laughs> um, but it's just providing just help for other people, um, who do struggle, who aren't in the same situation that I'm in, who are pre-surgery during surgery, after surgery, or even people who don't, didn't have surgery. Um, but I sometimes feel like a lot of the times when people who didn't have surgery find out that I did have surgery, it's like, oh, well, you took the easy way out. And that's not true. I mean, in some aspects, it could be um, because, yeah, you are slicing your stomach, you're losing the weight. But it, I think it's a lot easier. I think my lifestyle prior to surgery was a lot easier than it is now. Um, just because you could just go to McDonald's or go to Burger King or just go to any restaurant and order whatever you want. At this point now, you have to track everything you're eating or tracking everything you're doing and making sure you're getting your protein and make sure you're getting your water, your vitamins. So it's a way different process now. Oh, for sure. It's it's like we it's it's now I feel like it's starting to become cliche to say the word tool, but because it's not forever, like for everyone, whether they're using surgery, whether it's keto, Weight Watchers, whatever it is, these are all tools that have to be a part of a, of a healthy lifestyle that have to be a part of, of the work that you're doing because you can have the surgery. And like you said, you can, you can regain the weight if you don't change anything, you know, if you don't work on, you know, the mental side of things, if you don't work on that relationship with food, if you don't actually follow what you're supposed to be doing, you know, you can, you can out eat the surgery. You can out eat, you know, you can out eat any diet. Like there, there's ways to get around it. And I think, you know, as you know, overweight people, sometimes we, we do that you know, we find ourselves in that place. But I, I think that's why, like you said, it's, it's about still doing the work. It's not it. And again, I, I, I think I've said this like a hundred times on this podcast. Like, I don't think anyone truly says, well, yeah, it would just be so much easier if I go and have invasive surgery done. You know, like I, I don't see people, you know, most people don't, and maybe there, you know, there's outliers. There's going to be that one person out there who did that. And they're going to come forward and be like, well, that's what I did. But 
I don't think most people are in that place of, well, I've never tried anything else. Like this surgery seems cool. Let me just do that. You know, I, I, I think there's a, a definite, it's, it's a process, you know, and if where that process brings people is not even what matters. It's, it's what they do with the tool they use and, and how they apply that to build a sustainable life afterwards. Yeah. And I mean, I'm pretty much on Instagram every day. Um, I see people, even like people that I follow just talking about gaining weight and how easy it is for them to gain weight. I mean, luckily for myself, like I said, I mean, I take this very seriously every single day. Um, but people gain weight all the time, uh, up 40, 50 pounds. And it's, it's not the easy way out. And it's not a forever tool that makes you, I'm going to use the word skinny. Um, not, it doesn't make you skinny for the rest of your life. So there is that you can regain and you can be heavier again. Oh, yeah. So, well, and statistically, statistically, you know, you've got a window of time, you know, to make that, that change and kind of build those, those sustainable habits and, and make that happen. Like, I don't know if you, do you follow, uh, Rob, my weight is history. Yes. So, you know, one of the things he posted about the other day was talking about the percentage of, of success from surgery five years out. And then how that even, you know, the, the success increases if a person is out, is maintaining their success seven years out, you know, mm -hmm. and wanting to get to that point. Like there's in, within every diet or plan or tool or whatever you want to call it, you know, there's recidivism numbers and there's percentages that we're all kind of fighting against in some ways. And so it, like you said, it doesn't mean just, you just have it and everything's done. Like, it's not like a, a switch flips. Like there's still, you know, it's still work you got to do. Like, I, I think some of the people that I'm friends with and, you know, good friends with that have had VSG specifically and, uh, you know, have had other surgeries in a lot of ways, like they're some of the hardest workers I know in terms of like making the change in their lives and like making this a lasting, sustainable change by building habits and working on mindset and all of those things. Like there's, there's no, there is no easy way out for anyone. Like it's going to be work. Yeah. And I think that it's, and I think that I attribute most of my success towards the first three to six, I mean, the first six months of the surgery, that's really where I attribute it um, is because that's where I made the changes to make sure that I'm taking my vitamins in the morning uh, to make sure that those times make sense as far as eating and drinking after and before meals and making sure that I'm weighing everything out to what the doctor says. Um, just cause I'm still, I'm two and a half years out and I still eat four ounces that hasn't changed. Um, but I know people who are eating six to eight ounces. So, I mean, every doctor is different and every person's different. So everyone's results are going to be different, but, um, yeah, it's making those lifestyle changes. And so what do you think for you, knowing that you kind of made this decision, you know, I, here I am, I'm, I'm speaking as an, an aged older man. Um, mm -hmm. you know, who made some changes <laughs> later in his life, you know, in his forties, not in his twenties. What do you think are the keys to you kind of harnessing this opportunity to make this a sustainable lifestyle for you for the next 40, 50, 60 years? Uh, I think I just realized at a young age, I, I wasn't meant to be heavy. Um, and I am young. Well, I'm getting a little older now, but uh, still pretty young. 
and I already came across these issues in my 20s and below. I mean, it's probably from the age of five until 26 that I was dealing with that. So that's a lot of time to be dealing with that and be thinking about that. And I didn't want to live the rest of my life uh, having to deal with that and having to be because I don't know where my life would have ended up if I didn't do this, if I didn't make this change. Um, one of the worst things is gaining and then losing and, and that's so bad for your heart. Um, so I knew that going into that and I knew just being heavy is not good for your heart either. Um, and it just could lead to bigger problems, which I, con which I not kind of, I did want to avoid, um, because I didn't want to put myself in that position. So I wanted to live the best possible life that I could. Um, so that's kind of why I made that change at such a young age. So didn't want to bring it into my later years. And what does that look like for you? Like when you say, you know, live the best life possible, like when you, when you kind of play that out in your head, you know, what does that look like for you now? Now it's, I mean, the gym has become a very big part of my life. Sometimes I do think that it is in excess, um, but giving up food, uh, that kind of replaced it with the gym. Um, that's where I release what I need to release. And that's how I feel good. Um, people think I'm crazy that I go to the gym seven days a week, sometimes two times a day, but it's what's good for me. And do I think that's going to be a sustainable life? Possibly. Um, maybe I, in the future into my thirties and forties, maybe it'll be like five times a week. Um, but just having that mentality in my 20s going to the gym that many times um, and just keeping myself healthy and making sure that what I'm putting into my body is healthy. And don't get me wrong, I still eat bad. It's not like I'm like on a perfect diet where I eat great every day. I mean, as for right now for prep, um, it's been that way, but I still eat pizza. Um, I still eat ice cream. I still eat chocolate. Like I still do those things. Um and it's not very often, maybe like twice a month, three times a month. Um, but if I feel the urge to have it, I will eat it. I'm not restricting myself or holding myself back in that way. And what do you like? You, I, I, it's, it sounds like the gym has become a big part. You know, you were talking about discovering that there you were in a lot of ways using food as a, a coping mechanism for anxiety and things along, you know, kind of feelings and things along those lines. Like, do you think? that's a place that the gym is filling for you now? Like, is that where, where you're kind of getting that from? Like, or does, does, yeah. that, does the question make sense? Yes. No, it does. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, cause I find that I mentally, I don't prior to prep. Um, I, I think I'm at a, like I'm at a good weight. I'm at a healthy weight. I'm happy with the way my body has transformed. I wasn't really looking to like put on muscle, any like crazy bodybuilding muscle. Um, I'm just doing this for like the challenge of it. And maybe I'll fall into like an, a regiment, but I'm happy with where I'm at. So physically, it wasn't for the physical look of gaining muscle or, I mean, of course, that's a, um, I guess, a reward, you could say, as far as gaining muscle and all that. But I think it's more mental at this point. Um, so yeah, I think that the food, the gym has replaced the food. 
Um, Because even eating now, you kind of don't get that same satisfaction as I once did when I was heavier. Um, But yeah, being in the gym definitely releases all that negative and energy. And then even if I'm in a bad mood, like if I'm in a bad mood and I go to the gym, like I feel good. Or if I skip the gym on a day, I feel it. And it like it affects me. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. And what have been, you know, over the past two and a half years, what what have been the things you think that have been the biggest struggles along the way for you? <sighs> as far as like surgery and all that, or just I would... just making the changes you've made the past two and a half years. I would say one one thing I still struggle with, and it's it's kind of crazy to say, as open as I am on Instagram, I'm not that way in my personal life. Um, so there are still people who don't know what I've done. Um, I lived in California. I had my surgery. So currently I'm in New Jersey. I had my surgery in Los Angeles. Um, so I was out there for the first, I mean, I had my surgery three months after I moved and that's really where I lost all the weight. And then I would come home randomly and people would see me and, but no one really ever heard it from me. So I think one of the biggest challenges is being around people or people seeing how much I eat. Um, because it's not a lot. Four ounces is not much. Um, but again, I mean, I am eating, I'm eating six times a day. So, I am eating the food. It's just smaller portions throughout the day. But then you watch, like, I was sitting at dinner one night with a family member, and they're like, well, you don't eat that much. And I'm like, well, you overeat. Like, you're sitting there with plates of sushi just coming in and soups and salads and all this stuff, and you're a big guy. Like, so it's like I don't turn around and say that, but people know how to turn around and say that you're too skinny or you're – and that's another thing I, I've kind of developed. I don't like that. Like you're too skinny, um, because I don't comment on you saying that you're too fat or too big. No, so I, think I think that it, those are challenges. Yeah, and I I think there's a. It, it's one of those things where like I you you think about talking to people. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. It's like those discussions that people have with someone about their weight. You know tend to stop when someone's getting bigger, like, or is bigger because they, you know, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings and you don't want to, you know, all of those different factors that come into play, but there doesn't seem to be any of that sense of, of taking feelings into account when you're going in the other direction. You know, when you've made some change, you've, you've, you know, Oh, you know, like that you've lost too much. Or, you know, I, I talk to people all the time who are like, you know, I don't know if I'm where I want to be, but I feel like everyone is telling me that I'm where I should be. And it's like, well, that's a whole nother set of, you know, that's a whole nother challenge, like getting out of that place of dictating where you feel like you should be based on what other people are saying. Yeah. People don't, there's no, I've, when I was heavier, no one ever told me I was too big. No one ever said you need to lose weight or, I mean, there were people like my family or like my immediate family, um, that it's just not a healthy lifestyle, but I've ran into more people telling me that I'm too thin now. And I think that it's just because people are used to me being so big. And now I'm at a a healthy point in my life 
um, where people are like, all right, well, stop losing weight now. You're too skinny. And it's like, I'm good with what I'm doing. I'm good with where I'm at. Like if there was a problem, an issue, I would see it or someone in my immediate family would see it. Um, but I think it's linking the old me to who I am today, which is where people struggle. And it's yeah. like, all right, well, stop losing weight. No, I think that I think that makes sense. And it's it's something I don't think people think about, you know, that 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 those types of challenges can happen as well. Definitely. And I think and I used to say even when I was heavier, um, I used to tell one of my friends, I used to say I would rather be told that I'm too skinny, that I'm too, then I'm too fat or too heavy. Um, and now I actually said to her, I'm like, I take that back because she's a thin girl. Um, and I was like, I take that back. Like, I would rather someone just shut their mouth and not say anything, mind their own business. Um, because it's because saying someone's too fat or too skinny, I, I, it's you're shaming someone in some sense. So it's something that needs to be avoided. <laughs> well, I, I think there's a we're in a culture now, like a, it's almost like so, a social media culture where it's like liking comment on everything. And we start to like and comment <laughs> in life. You know, it's it's yeah. not just on an Instagram photo now. It's like a you know, it's almost like you want to stop someone in public and double tap them. Um, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> as silly as that is. Like, I think that's in a lot of ways like it's create it's it's changed the filters. Like, I think there's honestly I think there's a difference between having a discussion with someone whose life you're in, who you're concerned about. And, you know, that's a completely different set of circumstances than a person who you interact with. You know, even if you interact, even if they're a friend, but they're not that person you'd have those conversations with. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, every person is an expert and every person has an opinion and every opinion needs to be. It's not just, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm not invalidating people's opinions because everyone can have whatever opinions they want to have. But it's this we're in this place now of this propensity to share those opinions in ways that we've we've taken the human element out of. And it's more it is like they're in real life commenting on a photo, you know, a, a social media post instead of realizing, well, wait a minute, like you do you understand the impact of what you're saying to that person? You know, and if you do understand the impact and you're saying it for a reason and have like valid thoughts behind it, follow up and, you know, show that care and show that concern. But if it's more you just want to kind of make that statement, then you, people need to think about, you know, we we need some real life Instagram filters, I think. Like we need some <laughs> You know, you need, well, to be able to, you need to be able to put someone on mute sometimes. Seriously, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, people lost their filter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, and think about it. Like, I talk, I've talked with guests about this a lot on the show. Like, there's, yeah, and especially, I think it tends to happen more with someone who kind of goes down the keto path or goes down the vegan path, where when they were the person who was, you know, having the pizza eating contest at the party with everyone or, you know, it wasn't a big deal for them to show up with, you know, a massive amount of McDonald's or something along those lines and no one said anything. But the moment you're like, well, no, I don't want I don't want the mashed potatoes with my dinner. Can I just have double broccoli? Um, it's like somehow you're personally wounding people and you have to get a you get a comment on that or oh you're not eating you're not you don't eat this so you don't eat that like that's going to be weird that's going to be strange like it's and and a lot of that too i think goes back to you, you stepping outside of the norm of what the person expects and so it's different to them so they got to immediately comment but it's wild that when a person makes change for their health like you're you know a part of of being successful with 
with the surgery is following those portions. You know, you don't want to get make yourself sick. Like, you, literally, if you, you know, if you were to overeat, like, but it's, it's okay for someone to comment on it and be like, well, that doesn't seem like a lot. Is that right? Like, are you doing that right? Like, as if you wouldn't have thought about it. Like, as if you, you just made the decision and didn't ask what you needed to be doing. Right. Yeah, people have opinions. It's like, it, 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 someone has something to say about everything. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, especially when you're changing your life or trying to better your own health, it's like that other person is the expert. Meanwhile, they're the ones who probably need the help. Mm-hmm. Well, then I think the ones commenting. Well, then I think there's a self-consciousness to it. Like I've talked, you know, with I was talking with a, a client the other day, like that idea of going to a birthday party and not having the cake. And when someone comments on like, well, why aren't you having cake? Like often it's not because it's got anything to do with you having cake. It's got to do with their thoughts of, well, should I have cake? Should I not have cake? Like, is, is this person judging me for having cake? Like everything becomes the personal, you know, everything becomes you know, in that their own framework and their own perspective. And once you realize that, it's like, no, you know, I, I have members of my family who used to kind of freak out at, you know, when I would eat at family meals and things along those lines and be like, well, did you have enough? Do you have this? Do you need that? Like, what about this? Why don't you have that? Can't you just try this? And it's like, well, I'm okay. Like, I'm not upset. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm happy to be participating. I don't, don't worry. You know, you, have, you sometimes have to reassure people. Yeah. And I, and the food aspect of things is just, everything is centered around food, like everything. Um, I mean, I'm Italian, so I grew up Italian. My grandmother was, we would sit at a table of 25 of us, um, one big table and she would cook for an army. And if you weren't eating first course, second course, third, it, it was basically like a restaurant and food would just keep coming out and, I would say all but two had weight issues. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah, everything is revolved around food or eating or are you full? Or are you good? Do you want more? It's just the culture, I guess. Yeah, well, it, it, it's how in a lot of ways we show love, we show care, we show celebration, you know, we mourn with food. Like it's it's at the center of a lot of, of the ways. And in some way, you know, it, in some ways, it's it, it's at the center because that's something that brought us together as people. You know, it brings us together, breaking bread. Like, that that's one of those things that allowed us to kind of develop cultures. But there's a way that it becomes twisted eventually, you know, and becomes something that is, is not promoting someone's health or, you know, promoting someone's ability to kind of move through the world. Like, there there's times where things that are good go too far, and we know that. Like, the same thing with, with food restriction. Like... There are people that go from a place of overindulgence to underindulgence to the point that now they're affecting their health in a negative way because of that. Like, so I think anything can, can kind of go wrong or off the rails. It, it's about kind of finding that center, centered place for yourself and knowing that you're doing the right things that you need to be doing for you and being okay sometimes with realizing that someone's opinion is just their opinion. And, you know, thanks for sharing that, but it's got no impact on what I'm doing. Exactly. And that's one thing that I had to learn is like your opinion is your opinion. It's not a reflection of me or what I want. Um, so it's kind of just brushing that person's opinion off and staying on track with what you're doing or what you want. For sure. So Rob, what, I, I, what do you think are some, some things that would be helpful to someone that's listening to the show that hasn't really gotten their journey started, you know, and it is in that place of seeing their weight climb 
and they know they need to do something about it. And they're just really not sure even how to start kind of investigating what their options are. Like, what is your advice having been in that place of wanting to make change? Yeah, I mean, surgery is a tool. Um, it's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to get it. Um, but I would do research. I would go to doctors and hear what they have to say. Um, and just maybe sit on a meeting or talk to somebody who's been through it. Um, whether it's six months, a year, three years, five years, just speak with somebody and multiple people. Um, I wouldn't go on the internet, <laughs> to be honest, because that is a dark rabbit hole. Um, because you read the worst of everything. And I've actually had people reach out to me on Instagram being like, is this true? Is this true? Like, with complications or uh, indigestion or whatever it may be. Um, and me personally, I haven't ran into anything. Everything's pretty smooth sailing. Um, I do have restrictions with food, but that's how it makes me internally feel. It might be different for somebody else. But yeah, I mean, definitely going to a doctor, talking to them, talking to people on Instagram, hearing about their journeys, watch their journeys, um, cause everybody has a different opinion, but I think that at the end of the day, it needs to be something that you're okay with. Um, and what I also would recommend is getting a food scale, a food scale, um, putting a plate on there, zeroing it out and putting four ounces or five ounces and seeing if you're okay with actually living that way, because that's something that I personally didn't do. Um, I kind of was in the mentality that. I just want this weight off. I don't care what I have to do. I'm okay with surgery. Um, I'm okay with going under. I'm good with that. But I don't think I understood or saw the reality of what it was going to be. And I don't regret my decision based on what I did. I'm good with what I did. Um, but I wish I would have seen what a real portion is going to be like. And that's also what I tell people um, is put a food scale, get food and put it on weigh something out and just know that that's going to be what you're going to be eating. I think that's smart. I, I think that's some solid advice. And something that people need to think about no matter what tool they're using. Like, is this something you can sustain? Is this something you actually can do? Don't just get excited by seeing someone else's results. Think about what the real impact on your life will be on the changes that you'll need to make. You know, and, and go into everything with eyes wide open. Like, that's one of the things, you know, speaking to surgery specifically that you do see people talk about is these are the questions I wish I had asked the doctor before I went through with this. Like, these are the things, you know, when they're having success and they're feeling great, but they're like, there are things that I didn't know about and I thought I should ask, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be, you know, like the hand raised in class to say, I don't understand what you're talking about, you know. Know that if you're you're making a big you're making a big decision if you're having surgery, get all your questions answered. You know, and if you feel like a doctor is not answering your questions, talk to another doctor. Like you're not just the patient; you're a consumer in a lot of ways when it comes to these experiences. Like you have a right to get your get the information that you feel like you need to feel like you're making the right decision for yourself. Definitely, yeah. I think that people need to just inform themselves, and it's also everyone's experience is so different. So sometimes I think for a doctor is kind of, I mean, they could give you like the basic generic answer of maybe what you would want to hear. Um, but 
everybody has a different story. And like I said, when you go on the internet and you start reading, that's when the negative comes out. But yeah, definitely informing yourself with one, two, three, even four doctors, whatever it is, um, just to have all of those questions answered and you understand exactly what you're doing. And I also don't think that a doctor, and I hear people and myself included, but I hear people speak about it and it's like, we go through these classes, which I personally didn't do, but people go through the classes in order to get the surgery. Um, but I don't think that a class that you're sitting down at, I think it's going to be helpful, but I don't think that it is going to give you the reality of the actual life altering decision that you're making until you go through with it. Um, until you actually have your stomach cut and you go home and then you face the reality um, of what's going to happen because I went through a, a serious depression um, for the first three to four months of this. And it's something I had to basically dig myself out of. And it's something that I don't think the, the doctor didn't prepare me for. And I don't think it's something he could have. Um, it's something that I had to learn and come out of on my own and just accept and understand and move forward um, and how I can better myself and better my life and put myself in a better position. And I think that speaks to like you're saying, sometimes things come from experience. Like you, you're not going to be able to have every answer before you, you take a step, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we talk about that a lot. I think on Instagram, people talk about that all the time. Like, don't wait until you feel like things are perfect before you make change. Like sometimes you have to make the change and, and adapt to the challenges that come. Yeah. It's definitely about adapting and understanding and just accepting and moving forward and being just, I guess, positive about it. Definitely knowing that you're, you're, you're feeling secure in the fact that you've made these choices for your betterment. So even if that means that different hardships come up and different challenges happen, that's a part of it. You know, it's it, no, nothing in life is promised to be easy for anyone. And that's for sure, you know, so understand, you know, it's even, you know, when people are like, well, I, I'm going to do this and I know that that I'll never be hungry again, or I'll never do this again. It's like, well, no, that's not, that's, that's the pretty picture that people post, you know, that they eat this way and all of a sudden, you know, magically everything goes away. It's like, no, there's still challenges. There's still hard days. Like there's still going to be times where you feel great and there's going to be days where you feel like crap, but you still do the things that you need to do because you understand that the overall big picture is what you're working towards. Yeah. And it's, I think that's also a misconception of you're never going to be hungry because you are hungry. I'm hungry probably more time than I'm actually full. <laughs> um, but again, that's mentally like you have to, I eat every two hours. So I, I know at about an hour and a half, I'm like ready to eat. So, and the surgery doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't change your mind to be happy, nor does being thin, healthy, that doesn't make you happy. Um, it's something that you just have to work on every day, just as a normal person with a normal size stomach. It's the same thing. The only difference is that I could eat less and I have to eat more throughout the day. So it's just more planning. Well, I think it's like the meme that's out, you know, that you see going around every so often where the person's like, I'm overweight and unhappy, so I'm going to lose the weight. And then the, the next image is they lost the weight and they're like, wait a minute, I'm still unhappy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you, there's different, there's different levels to it and there's different things you need to work on. And sometimes you can, you, the thing you think that is making you unhappy is not the thing that's making you unhappy. So you got to apply the, those same, that same mental process to discovering what's going on 
to a lot of aspects of your life to kind of build the real, the real kind of life moving forward that you want. Exactly. So speaking about moving forward, you know, we know you've got the show coming up in October and that's probably going to be a lot of your laser focus for the next couple of months. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. What are, what are the things that you look forward to kind of after that? Like what are the things now that you look forward to the most in life? I enjoy traveling. Um, I like doing active, uh, things when I'm traveling. I lived in California, so, a uh, bunch of hiking. I enjoy doing that. Um, I've also had a shift in career path. So that's something that I'm looking to start over, um, and do and get moved forward with again, another start over type thing, but I enjoy life way differently now, as far as like, I don't, it's, I'm going to maybe say it backwards. I don't, I eat to live. I don't live to eat. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, no, I think <laughs> is that the correct yeah, way? Yeah, that's the right way to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, food, I don't revolve my life around food. Um, I mean, of course it's like, it's delicious. It's great, but it's not what brings me like the joy. Um, it's experiencing different things and even have things and do certain things. I'm definitely able to do more now than I was able to do before. Um, so just getting out, even riding a bike or going rollerblading or going to the gym. Uh, those are all different things that I enjoy now, which I was before, but not in the same way now. That's awesome. Well, Rob, I, I appreciate you taking us through your journey and I, I'm excited to follow along with the, these next couple of months as you get ready for the show. Um, and I also know some people that are competing in the show you're going down to next week. So it's always fun to see these, these events happen. Uh, if people do want to follow along, we, we already said it a, a little while ago. It's probably 20 minutes ago. Let's, let's refresh people on where they can find you. So just on Instagram, it's Rob underscore motivation. Nice. And I'll make sure to put a link to that in our show notes. Uh, I end every episode with five questions for each guest that I call the fat guy five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Let's go. Okay. So, Rob, living or dead, question number one. Well, question number one, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Who is my favorite fat guy? Uh, that's a tough <laughs> didn't th- <laughs> I didn't think about it. Um, I don't even know. I can't. Who's like... Fat Albert, that movie. Hey, well, I was expecting maybe a different. <laughs> at your, you're Italian and, and you're in New Jersey, so I was thinking we might hear, you know, I, we might have heard someone, you know, from a, a, a television By show, like, <laughs> like a Tony Soprano. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten that answer before. That's usually who I talk, who I get from the Jersey guys I talk to. But yeah, it's under. You I could had, say Tony Soprano, Fat Albert, yeah, all of them. They're there you go. Hilarious. <laughs> Question number two, Rob. Question number two. Now I'm I'm losing my words. This this tends to happen to me. I brain fart sometimes. <laughs> it's all good. Question number two, Rob. What was one lesson that being a big guy taught you? Be kind to other people. Because it wasn't easy being fat, so you don't really know what other people are going through. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a good lesson. 
Question number three, if, if someone out there listening, Rob, says they're ready to start their, their health, fitness, their journey today, what is one thing that you think they can do today to get started? Make those small changes, change from soda to water, um, watch your food intake and actually what you're eating. Um, and definitely get outside, if, even if it's walking, jogging, running, go to the gym, something, just move your body in some aspect. Mm -hmm. no, I think that's great advice. Question number four, Rob, what is one thing about yourself that you love? <laughs> um, my drive, honestly. Um, I think that I've, over the past two and a half years since I've had this surgery, I think I've really understood my drive and my determination um, and what I'm able to accomplish. Nice. I like it. And question number five, Rob, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, kind of ties in with health. Um, like I said, I'm changing my career. Right now I'm going to, I'm taking classes for physical um, nutrition and personal training. So it's a career path change. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm going to be working on with over the next couple of uh, months and starting my own business. Nice. Well, I think that that questions four and five then play right into each other because I think it's that drive, you know, that will definitely make that be a successful venture for you. I'm, I'm excited for you, man. Definitely. And it's something that I'm passionate about. Um, and that's part of the reason even being on Instagram, like I love when people DM me and just having those conversations mm -hmm. um, and watching people because I've had a couple people prior to surgery and who've had surgery and now they're like living these completely different lives and they come back and we'll talk and it's just amazing to see. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Rob, I want to say a big thank you for coming on the show, sharing your experience and your thoughts with, with the audience. I, I know that there are going to be people that appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you for having me. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, man. So like I said, Rob's contact information will be in the show notes today. You can reach out to him on Instagram. Definitely do that. And if you want to find me on Instagram, you can find me at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. All kinds of ways that you can track me down. And my friends, before you reach out to me and Rob today, go out there and do something to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people that I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.